Hello, everybody. Do I look different? Do I sound different? I am 25. I am one year older, one year wiser. And if you answered yes, because I look different, it's literally just because my Botox has worn off and I need to get more. And I am getting wrinkles everywhere, which is totally fine. It's part of the aging process. Um, if you guys remember this, I recently did a podcast episode that was solo and it was all about feeling a little lost, a little unfulfilled. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone's support um, that messaged me or just said kind words or said that you related to this. I've spoken about this topic with so many of my friends. And another realization I had is, you know, I thought maybe it was just Mercury in retrograde. I didn't think about the possibility that could just very well be a quarter life crisis uh, because I did turn turn 25 and kind of lost all sense of what the hell am I doing with my life. But I did want to let you guys know, um, exciting news. I had a couple interviews, really two kind of very, very, very casual, um, with the gym that I go to, which is true fusion in Austin and talked about getting my training certificate. If that's the correct word to be a Pilates instructor. So I've been going to a ton of classes. I've been shadowing a ton of different instructors, different types of classes, and I'm planning to start doing training probably after, um, I get back from Paris. So that's a whole nother story. I am leaving for Paris tomorrow. I'm so excited. Like the fact that those words are coming out of my mouth, I just never, I never, ever, ever could have imagined a life where that would have been true. I'm so incredibly grateful. Um, I'm going to Paris for 10 days. Three of, the day, three of those days are being spent with Nespresso. And I'm really excited to share a very exciting thing that they are working on and why I'm going, but it's International Coffee Day. So I'm like, for real? Like, you guys want to invite me to Paris? Like, we, oh, Okay let's say less so I'm going to Paris and um today is Connor's birthday my birthday was a week ago and so we're like you know what we should just add another week make it 10 days and have our own little vacation and celebrate together and just really celebrate like the past year because wow I am not the same person that I was when I was 24 (laughs) that sounds so dramatic I'm like yeah I changed so much no but it's true over the past year I think I've learned a lot about myself. I've had some of my greatest moments and my lowest lows ever. I've had some of my most insecure moments, some of my worst anxiety. And overall, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing because now I'm here talking to you guys. I have this incredible opportunity to just share what I've learned. And for those of you who will listen, I'm ready to talk. So I made a whole list of 25 things that I learned for my 25th birthday. And before I get into that, I should share how I celebrated my birthday. So one thing that I've realized is growing up, I always wanted to have an extravagant birthday. Like I wanted all of my friends to be going to dinner with me or um, two years ago, I rented a boat on Lake Travis and I had just moved to Austin and I didn't really know anyone here. So I invited a bunch. Why did I say it like that? I just said invited. (laughs) I invited a bunch of people from Bumble BFF and just hardly, hardly acquaintances that I knew through mutual people. And I just wanted to have like a big celebration. I think that's always been true for me. I've always considered my birthday a time to get everyone together and to celebrate me. And what I've learned is that that is just not realistic. The older that I get, the more obligations that other people have. And I cannot 
expect any single one of my friends to just drop what they're doing and change all of their plans in order to celebrate me. Like every single day that I hang out with them should be an opportunity to kind of do that. But a lot of my girlfriends were out of town. They had weddings. They were visiting their family. There's like football games. They'd, you know, just a lot of things that people were doing. And so I actually got together with all of my friends individually and just did different things with them. So I went to like a workout class with Casey. I went to dinner um, with Eliza. I went to brunch one day and went and got coffee with Courtney. Just like every day I kind of did something different. And I realized that it was so much more special than having a giant birthday extravaganza. It was so much better because you actually get to talk to that person one-on-one versus when you have a big celebration, you expect everyone to show up you don't really get to talk to anyone. They're just like there. And I mean, that's not true for every situation, but when I think about a lot of birthday celebrations I've had in the past, like I'm thinking about the pregames that we used to have at our college house. Like people come out to your house before you go to the bars and then you go to the bars and everyone disperses and it's like, you're not really celebrating. So I had a great time just having a very casual birthday, very intimate and I, I really enjoyed it that way. And part of me is like, oh, is that adulting? But then I'm like, no, I just think it's, you know, it's just having a shift in things that I enjoy. That's totally okay. So for my actual birthday on Friday, Connor said, be ready at 3 p.m. So naturally I was ready at 4.30 and he wouldn't tell me what we were doing. So I was honestly like kind of annoyed because I'm like, can you just give me a mood board? of outfit options here okay all I really care about is taking a damn picture on my birthday to like you know remember the day and so I ended up wearing like a cute little blue cotton dress I think it's from Perry Walker I don't know I posted an Instagram picture if you want to see it I guess and we ended up going to a glamping place in Wimberley called Collective Retreats it was so cute and just very intimate and quiet and calming and I think over the past year I've had like a lot of chaos so this seemed like a very fitting way to just kind of like close out the year and start fresh I guess so we went there and then this was so sweet uh we went to see Romeo and Juliet at the local theater in Wimberley it was so sweet Um, we actually were driving around downtown and even still when we got there, Connor wouldn't tell me what we were doing for the night. And we passed a sign that said the theater. I'm like, oh, I, we're definitely going to the theater because we both really like and enjoy plays and musicals. I say like, because if I say love, then people are like, oh, what's your favorite musical? I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm not that much of a fan. I enjoy going to them, but I'm not like, I don't know all the words to Hamilton. Okay. I'm not that kind of person. And so he's like, oh, well, what kind of if we were going there, what kind of, you know, shows do they, you think they would have? And I was like, oh, well, it's just a little place in a small town. I would assume probably something like pretty traditional, probably Shakespeare. <laughs> sure enough, we pull in and it's Romeo and Juliet. But the catch was, you guys, we're sitting here and the show goes on. It's so small. I mean, there were probably 20 people at the show and it was a very, very tiny stage which was really cool honestly I've, I've never experienced a play with that type of atmosphere so it felt very like up close and you could actually see their expressions and everything um so what we didn't realize is they come out and they're all wearing like hippie clothes and I was just so confused I'm like wait what I thought Shakespeare was I thought it was like old I don't even know 
technically like the 1500s got, um, I don't know, that could be totally off. I don't know what century or, or what decade or what year I thought that Shakespeare was, but it was not the 1970s or the 1960s. And it took me probably 30 minutes into the first uh, inter- intermission. I mean, you wouldn't call it a half because there were three sections, whatever. You get what I'm trying to say. It took me 30 minutes to realize that it was <laughs> on the program. It said Romeo and Juliet, peace and love. So the peace and love aspect of it was that they had adapted Romeo and Juliet to be a 1960s version of it. So it was like (laughs) trying to be modern, but it was kind of hippie. And it was just, it was very confusing at first. Like when, when Julia opens her window and she's saying, oh, Romeo, Romeo, she opened her window and there was a lava lamp next to her. And I'm like, what is going on? I just was not processing that. So then once I did understand that it was a lot more enjoyable because I could actually focus on what they're saying. But also if anyone understands Shakespearean, let me know how long did that take you to you know, discover that because honestly, I didn't really know what they were saying the entire play. I really only knew the plot of it because you learn it, you know, in school when you're in like eighth grade. But I was just so impressed by the fact that these actors actually remembered their lines because it's definitely not English. Like every other probably 20 words, you get one word that you recognize, but the others are like, what are you saying? So it was really great. It was so cute. They served wine during it. And I just thought that was a really, really special and kind of unique idea of something to do, knowing that we both enjoy theater and I don't know, something different to do. After that, we went to dinner um, and then we went back to dinner was great. Met some girls, actually. If any of you girls are listening, there were three girls and they uh, one was from Wimberley. Another girl was from, I think, Fort Worth and then maybe one from Alice I could be wrong on that but they were all teachers they were so cute sitting next to our table met those girls and then the next day Connor was like this is the actual surprise because the reason why I wanted to bring you to Wimberley was because they have their market days and it's the first Saturday of every month so there's like this giant um, market in Wimberley I mean everyone in the town was there everyone that the cars were stacked along the road I think it starts at like 7 a.m and it goes to 3 p.m And there were hundreds of vendors. I mean, you have like antique items. You have people that are selling plants. um, You have clothes, furniture. I mean, you pretty much have everything under the sun. And he knows how much I enjoy shopping and specifically antique markets. So that was a really kind of sweet activity that we got to do together. And I ended up buying a red suede fringe jacket, which I'm so excited to wear. Maybe in Paris, but my I'm not sure if red fringe is the vibe for Paris. I feel like I need to be wearing a turtleneck and a trench coat, <laughs> like eating a baguette. I don't know if a fringe jacket is the vibe there, but we'll see. I need to go home and um, pack. But anyways, that's kind of the update on how I spent my birthday. I'm so grateful to be surrounded by people that just make me feel so loved and so appreciated. And going into 25, which Connor also told me something. He's like, you know, you're technically 26. I'm like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? I just turned 25. Like, he's like, no, you've lived 25 years. What do you mean? No, I didn't. I'm, I just turned 25. I'm about to live my 25th year. He's like, no, because when you turn one for your first birthday, you've already lived 12 months. And then on your birthday, you say you turned one, but you lived a year before that. So technically when you turn 25, you've lived 25 years. 
before that. So technically you're into your 26th year. And I'm like, I don't want to think about it that way. Don't tell me that I'm 26 because I'm still coming to terms with the fact that I'm 25. Okay. So anyways, I'm really excited to get into like a new year. I always use, um, celebrations of these types, you know, New Year's Eve or an anniversary or a birthday or anything as kind of like a way to start fresh. And one thing I've learned over the year is that you just shouldn't wait, you know, for those specific days, whether it's a weekday or a holiday or a weekend, you should just, you should do it every day. You owe yourself that because you just, you really don't know when is your last. So on that, let's get into the 25 things that I said I learned as a 24 year old, I would say. Okay. So number one, it's okay to change your interests because the idea of fun is going to continuously evolve. I've said this so many times in the podcast, but I really, really want to reiterate it. When I think back to things that I enjoyed when I was 24, um, yeah, there's still a lot of things that I still enjoy, but I mean, really the main one is that I just don't enjoy going out as much, which like, I really don't want to talk about that too much because there's no shame in going out. Like there's no shame at all. What I really want to focus on is the fact that your overall idea of fun, whether it's like a hobby or people that you hang out with or different types of movies, different types of podcasts, different types of content that you like to consume. Basically everything that you enjoy in your life is going to change and evolve and it's okay for that to happen. And that's one thing that I've learned this year was that it was finally the first year that I feel like I kind of came out of a routine that I've been living in since college almost. Like, I mean, I went to college when I was 18 and then from 18 to 24, pretty much like all I really did for fun was work out, which I still really enjoy doing and going out with friends, which I still enjoy doing or like going to dinner, but mainly just going to bars. And I think this is the first year that I've branched out and done different types of things. Um, And I've just realized like it's made me a lot happier, I guess. And so, yeah, if, if you feel like you're still doing things because people around you enjoy it, like stop doing it for other people. Just start doing what you enjoy doing, whether it's reading a new book or, you know, I don't know, going to a cooking class. I've never done that. So I don't even know why I just said that, but basically that's number one. Okay. Number two, not every friend is meant to be a lifelong friend. They come for reasons. And what the fuck was that noise? (laughs) I think I just gleeked. What? Did you hear that? Okay, let me repeat. Not every friend is meant to be a lifelong friend. They come for reasons and they teach you lessons. And I have to say, in the past year, I lost a couple friends and that's okay. I think I was maybe dwelling on like the loss because I just didn't want to lose something versus knowing that, I don't know how to put this, like focusing on the actual act of losing something versus focusing on the positive that like this bad energy is no longer in my life. And that's okay. Like I don't dwell on any type of relationship ever in my life, whether it's an acquaintance that I had for like two weeks that we just fizzled things off and like, we're not really talking anymore. That's okay. That's normal. Or it's a friend that I've had for years and we just don't really talk anymore. That's perfectly okay. Like that person came into your life for one reason or another, whether it's to teach you spontaneity, whether it's to teach you accountability or empathy or compassion or humility, like literally whatever the reason is, there is a reason there. So just find that and focus on that instead of focusing on the loss, because we're going to continue to have different friends. We're going to meet new people for the rest of our lives. So that's going to happen for a reason. And this year, 
it definitely happened to me. And with that being said, I've also really learned the importance of quality over quantity. And I mean, this can definitely go with friends as well, but also, um, I, t- I don't know if I ever talked about this in a podcast episode, but one of the things that I talked about with my events that I had been doing was that I constantly wanted more and more, whether it's like more people to attend the events or more decorations or more photo ops or, you know, whatever it may be, just constantly wanting more, thinking that the more I had in my life, the more that there physically was, the better it would be, the more fulfilled I would ever feel. And what I've come to realize is that is quite honestly the complete opposite. And I found so much more comfort and so much more confidence in myself when I focus my energy on a few things that I really, really, really love, a few people that I really, really love. Instead of spreading myself so thin, constantly wanting to grab from different buckets of life and thinking that it's going to fill me up. That's just not true. And that's something that I've learned in this past year and I've really come to terms with and I wanted to share with you. Not that I like made up that term or anything, but it's the first time that I've ever really felt it in my own life. So, oh, this is kind of a sentimental one. Um, So Connor and I started dating in November of last year. And I mean, we were talking pretty much all summer and then we lived in LA together. You know, like there was, there was a bit of time where we were trying to figure things out. And I think I obviously knew that I had feelings for him. He knew the same. We were like exclusive, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I think until we were finally together, I just really had up like this wall of being so scared that like I was going to get hurt again because quite honestly, since my last relationship, um, and I, gosh, I've talked about him in like so many other podcasts and I really, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, John. Um, but I dated him for six years and I feel like after that, I just, I dated. Yeah. I definitely went on dates and I, I saw, I found people that I thought I was interested in, in the moment, but like there was truly never one, never anyone that I've met that I was like, Oh, I could fall in love with this person. Like it was someone I was interested in and I totally romanticized the idea of it, but it was never like, I genuinely wholeheartedly in my bones know that this could be my person if I like actually pursued it. And Connor was the first person that I met that I was just like, I instantly had Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was within me. And so I knew that in order for our relation to blossom into anything, it was that you cannot fall in love until you allow yourself to get hurt. Like you have to allow yourself the opportunity for your heart to be broken in order for you to fully be in love. And I just, I wasn't ready to do that like at all until this past year and I don't know if it's like the timing of my life or if it truly is just the person but that is something that I've learned and anyone listening like if you're looking for love you just you have to let your heart be broken like you can't go into every single relationship so guarded because you're not going to be able to find what you're truly looking for if you're only allowing yourself to feel part of it and I'm really really grateful because I mean my relationship with Connor has definitely shed so much like what's the word like not knowledge but I feel like I've learned a lot about myself by being with someone that I feel so strongly for that I know like he brings so much good out of me 
And that wouldn't have happened unless I allowed myself to be like, okay, he might reject me or he might not feel the same way or we might eventually break up. Like ideally, hopefully that doesn't happen. But, you know, you have to go into a relationship knowing like, okay, I'm going to take the chance. So I'm glad that I did that as a 24-year-old girly. Okay, let's say, let's see. Next one is be honest to others, but more importantly to yourself. Um, I feel like there were a lot of times in the past year that I felt like I was giving answers to other people because I was like being truthful to them, but I wasn't listening to my own gut and I wasn't being truthful to myself. And then that feeling like really built inside of me and then just like a constant feel feeling of like guilt almost that I wasn't being truthful to how I really felt about things because I was trying to like please other people maybe. So yeah, that's it. Be honest to others. Tell the truth, but tell the truth to yourself and don't ignore how you feel. Okay. Stop saying yes to everything. This is, this is a note to myself. Fucking stop it, Jenna. Stop. Because I saw this video and it made a lot of sense to me. They're like, if you constantly say yeses, say yes to everything, your yes becomes less valuable because it's just expected. When you make the conscious decision to say no, your yeses become less frequent. They become more valued and they mean more. And then you're able to actually give more of your energy to it because you're not giving it to so many different other areas. And I've always been the kind of person that like just really wants to please people. I've always had this like innate sense of wanting to impress people. And it's a very like mentally draining feeling that I've come to terms with this year. And I've finally recognized in myself And once I recognized the fact that I was just saying yes because I wanted to impress people or I wanted to like make someone else happy, I was able to start saying no um, and just really stick to what I actually wanted to do and be truthful to myself. And that's how I was able to start saying no. Next one we have here is, oh, I said this on a podcast going to reiterate again. A lot of these are things that I've probably said throughout the past year. If you've been listening to my podcast for a little while and you might recognize, but you can't be good or sorry, you can't be great at anything. If you try to be good at everything, does that make sense? Like it kind of goes along the lines of saying yes to everything is if you're constantly putting yourself in so many different buckets and spreading yourself so thin, trying to be good at everything, then you're not really that great at anything at all because you don't have enough time or mental energy to focus on the things that you're actually really, really good at. So instead of me trying to be good at creating graphics or trying to plan events or me trying to make dinner, me trying to be good at exercising and eating healthy, me trying to be a good friend and constantly reaching out to people or just whatever the area of your life is, if you try to be good at all of it, you're gonna be great at nothing. So it's like focus on the things that really matter to you in this moment. And those things are probably going to change. Um, for me right now, the things that I'm going to focus on are being very intentional with my time with my friends, because this is the first time of this year that I'm like taking a pause on work type stuff. And I'm just really trying to be closer to the people that surround me and support me and be present with them. Um, I think lately this past year, I've just had a lot of distractions and I've allowed them to kind of steer me away from what I really care about, which is being a good friend and taking care of my mental and physical health right now and like working out, exercising, but because it makes my mind healthier, not because it's like 
I'm working out because I'm trying to have a different goal if that makes sense and also being a good partner and just overall being empathetic so if I really focus on being great at those things then like the other things I can be you know so so at so I heard that saying somewhere one time and I don't know who said it but I really liked it and it really stuck with me and I think it stuck with me because I realized that I was doing that and that's why I felt like I wasn't great at anything Next one is trust your gut instincts and kind of alluded to this before, but be honest to yourself. If you have a gut instinct about someone, about something that's going on in your life or not going on in your life, like trust that and don't try to talk yourself out of it. Don't allow other people to talk yourself out of it either. Like really, really trust your gut instinct because more likely than not, you are probably correct. Okay. This is a really difficult one for me. Really, really difficult. Stop caring about other people's opinions about you more than you care about your own opinion of yourself. I feel like I need to write that on a poster board and hang it around my entire room and just constantly try and drill that into my mind. Like that is one thing that I've recognized in myself from the time that I turned 24 to now is that in the past year, I have cared so much more about what other people think of me, whether it's like comments online, people at events, people that I meet, anyone that I interact with literally anywhere. I'm constantly thinking like, oh my God, was I nice enough? Was I welcoming enough? Was I funny? Did they like me? Did they think I looked good? You know, or just literally anything. I've cared so much more about what other people think of me than I do of myself. And it's completely deteriorated the way that I value my own opinion about myself. And so going into 25, I have this like very clear recognition that I need to stop doing that. And this is my year to act on that and put it into, you know, action. That's what act on it means. You get what I'm trying to say. Okay. Staying in can be just as fun as going out and you don't need to feel guilty for it. This is what I said as, you know, your idea of fun is going to change. People are not going to agree with you. There's going to be friends that are going to make you kind of feel guilty that you want to stay in and you just want to like sit on your couch or you want to hang out with your boyfriend or you want to go visit your family or you want to go do something else. It doesn't really matter. Like there's going to be people that aren't going to agree with that. And if they're actually your friend, like it's really not going to matter in the grand scheme. Um, but you don't need to feel guilty for it. Like if you are enjoying what you're doing, then stop feeling guilty for it. And also one thing I've realized that has helped me a lot is to not look at like Snapchat or to not look at my friends posts on the weekends of like at night, basically of what they're doing. Because if I'm not out and I'm constantly just like clicking through and seeing what they're doing, that is how I find guilt. That's how I'm like, oh, I'm missing out. Like, you know, FOMO, whatever. But it's like, is it really FOMO if I don't actually want to be there? Like, why do I want to be there? Just to be relevant, just to show face. And then once I recognize, no, that is why you want to go. Then I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Then I don't need to go. Because if that's my reasoning, then like that's not a good enough reason for me. Also, the act of like doing my hair and makeup these days and God, picking an outfit, it's a lot of fucking work. So yeah, don't feel guilty if you just want to chill at home, make dinner, watch a show, literally whatever. I think when I started this podcast fun on weekdays, I was like, go out, go do stuff, you know, go be fun. And (laughs) my messaging has totally changed because I now think that that is way more fun than going out. But like there are nights that I still want to do that. Okay. Anyways, let's get into the next one. Okay. This is a really, really important one that 
I've struggled with for as long as I can remember. Um, working out to feel stronger and to build muscle and to feel mentally strong is more powerful and is more motivating than exercising and working out to be skinny. Oh my God. Like pretty much my entire life, the only reason why I've ever worked out is because I want to lose weight because I want to be skinny. Like that is the only reason. I've never worked out because I enjoyed it. I've never worked out because I thought it was fun. I've never worked out because I looked forward to it. It's always been such a chore in my life. And I I do think that being with Connor has kind of helped me change that perspective because this is just, it's like a huge part of his life. It's just a hobby. And now it's a way that we can like hang out together and spend time together. But I've really shifted my mindset of my relationship with working out to be something that I enjoy. I started going to True Fusion and like the sense of community that you get from going to classes there has also kind of shifted my perspective of why I work out now. It's because it's literally fun. I look forward to it and it makes me feel productive. It makes me feel good mentally. If you've never been to a workout class where you've cried during the workout class, just keep going and eventually that day will come. And once that day comes, like you're never going to want to stop because it's such a good feeling emotionally to like to release that type of energy through exercising and nourishing your body with like strength, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, now I just work out to be strong. And now I like flex in the mirror. I'm like, oh my God, I have strong fucking arms. They're a little thick. Like they're, they're a little thick in my opinion. Like they could be skinnier, but there was a time a year ago that I would overanalyze my arms and be like, oh my God, I need to lose weight. I need to go to cycling or whatever. And now I've just shifted that. And I've begun to like appreciate I've begun to appreciate the workouts. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Okay. This is a hard one. The hard pill for me to swallow. Because I'm a talker. I love to talk. When people are telling me their problems, I want to talk back to them. So you don't always have to suggest a solution when someone is sharing a problem. Over the past year, especially meeting so many different people, I've had a lot of people come to me like basically telling me, you know, things that are going on in their life, things they're struggling with. And I have always felt this need to give uh, an immediate solution or to just say something or nonetheless like relate it to myself because in my way, that was my way of thinking like, oh, if I relate it to something that I went through, they'll understand that I'm listening to them and I empathize with them. Being in a relationship, I have completely looked at this differently because I've looked at the way that I bring up things that I'm struggling with and then I view the way like Connor will react to it. And oftentimes he just listens and he doesn't offer a solution. And a lot of my friends too, when I think about my friends that I go to for advice or whatever, like they're not giving me unsolicited advice unless I'm specifically asking them for it. And I think that's just something that I learned in the past year is sometimes just listening and being silent is more powerful than like trying to provide a solution all the time. Sometimes people just want to talk just to hear them talk. And I know that I want to do that sometimes. So I want to be that kind of person for my friends that they know they can just come to and like, I can just listen actively. And if they want my opinion, then I can give it to them. But anyways, yeah, that's something I learned. (laughs) All right. Next one. Routine is not bad. Ah, who would have thought that I'd ever be saying that again, back when I started this podcast, I was like, oh, never live the same day over and over again, like routine, you're going to live the same day forever. And then one day you're just going to retire. And it's like, you're going to waste your entire life. Okay, what I mean about routine 
what what I viewed as routine at that point when I started fun on weekdays has totally changed because now I have no routine and it's so difficult. And I realized that routine is very powerful in order for you to like take charge of your life, I guess. Um, and so I've been trying to create routine in so many different areas of my life, whether it's like waking up early. Um, Connor wakes up every day at like 6.30, which is absolutely horrible. And instead of falling into the routine of snoozing my alarm until 9.30 or whenever, I've tried to get into the routine of like waking up and like doing something or just the overall routine of, okay, Tuesday is going to be my day that I hang out with my girlfriends at night. We're going to go to dinner and doesn't matter if the activity changes. It's still the routine that you're following. And the longer you like follow your routine and your commitments, I think the more confidence you have in yourself. And I think a lot of my lack of confidence lately is because I can't follow routine because I'm not creating routine. So routine is not bad. It's not boring. If anything, it's empowering and it's very necessary. If you wouldn't say it to a friend, don't say it to yourself. I've caught myself so many times looking in the mirror, being so fucking mean, such a little bitch to myself. And I have an episode about it. It's called I'm not size two anymore. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are days that like my weight, I've never weighed myself in the past, like almost two years. I haven't weighed myself since that episode. So however long I said it was in that episode, but there are days that like, I'm so mean to myself. I mean, I literally will look at my skin under a microscope and I'll like pluck little hairs or I'll like pick little pores or I'll look at my teeth. And I texted my mom the other day and I was like, I fucking hate my teeth. I need to get something done to them. I need to get Invisalign. I need to get bite retainers or whatever. Constantly telling myself that all these things are wrong with myself. But the truth is that if I looked at any single one of my friends, I would literally never, ever say that. I would never say, you should get Invisalign because your teeth are getting a little crooked or, ooh, you should really go get a facial because you have a couple little hairs on your chin or, ooh, you maybe shouldn't wear this outfit because I can see, you know, your belly button line or it's like a little ripply. I would never say those things to a friend. And I lately have been catching myself thinking those things and I'm like, why am I saying that? That's so mean. That is so mean. And so this is my year to make the conscious effort to stop doing that. And I say the reason why I learned this this past year is because I think I've just been really, really hard on myself, especially because I have been way more public with my life, I guess, like sharing my life online. It's opened a lot of doors for people to give me criticism that I didn't have before. So it's like opened a lot of doors for insecurities that I didn't even know I had until somebody recognized it in me. And then I'm like, oh shit, I should be self-conscious about that. And then I kind of fixated on that. And then every chance I got, I would be like, oh, yeah, that's so true. Like, whatever. I'm not going to say specifics because I shouldn't. I shouldn't acknowledge specifics that are, quote unquote, wrong with me because they're not wrong with me. I'm just I'm just me. <laughs> All right. Next one. Traveling. Ooh, number 16. Traveling doesn't escape your problems. <laughs> that sounds really deep. But this past year, I've traveled more than I have ever in my life. I genuinely when I say that I was just so caught up in the fact that like I'm going to Paris like I just I never ever ever imagined a life where I would be traveling so much and this past year specifically I think I've used traveling and going to different places kind of as a way to like rewrite myself almost and specifically when I think about um 
moving to LA last fall, right after I turned 24, um, I had like a lot of issues internally, like a lot of insecurities, a lot of doubt, a lot of things that I felt as though if I traveled and I moved to a different place, I would be able to run from those problems. And if anything, it really just highlighted them more and made it more prominent in my life. And so traveling is not going to fix your problems. It might short term, but like it's not. You can't run away from it. You have to like face it head on. Next one. Number 17. Ah, oh, there's power in being vulnerable. When I ever question myself or doubt myself with the podcast or doing social media, the one thing that I always go back to whenever I'm, you know, feeling kind of down about myself is some of those messages, whether it's like one or two of the week or maybe none of the week, whatever, of people that say something kind about something that I shared vulnerably online, talking about my doubt, talking about my anxiety, talking about my body image or whatever it may be of the week. When somebody says that they relate to that or they felt what I was saying or my words impacted them, like that to me shows that my vulnerability is more powerful than trying to act like I'm actually perfect because like I said I've always been the kind of person that I want to like please people I want to impress people and this is the past year that I've been the most truthful about things that I'm like going through I guess and I found that it's just very powerful it brings people together and I don't want to say insecurity brings people together but in some type of way it does almost because it makes you realize that like you're human And even the people that you look up to, even the people I look up to, like they have a lot of the same issues that I have. And so if I can share that every week or every day or whenever I want to share it, then like that's more powerful than acting like it doesn't exist. Number 18, donate and give back when you can. Good karma has definitely proven itself to me in this past year. Um, Whenever I have felt like I'm, I'm not doing enough, like I'm not making an impact or anything. I have turned to like donating, whether it's my money or my time, either one is just as valuable. And I just think if you have the means to do either one, it doesn't matter if you don't have money, like you can donate your time, you can donate your energy. I think it's, it's really meaningful and will maybe help you find a sense of self. It's definitely helped me in the past year. And yeah, it's, it's given me something to impact aside from myself. So do it when you can because it's good karma and it'll make you feel good and you're helping other people. Next one, manifesting only works when you believe it to be true. But basically anything that you want in life, we always talk about manifesting or, you know, like whatever. I went to that wellness retreat um, a couple weeks ago. And we did a manifestation meditation. And one of the main things that the woman told us was that you can't manifest anything unless you believe that thing to be true. Like, of course, you can say, oh, I'm manifesting getting a promotion next year. Okay, well, you're not going to get that. You can't just say, I'm going to get a promotion. Like, you genuinely have to believe that it's going to happen. And then once you believe it and your actions show that you believe it, it will happen. So those are my tips for manifesting. 
Bonjour. <laughs> As I said, I'm going to Paris this week. I'm going there for 10 days and I'm really excited to take a break from the Texas heat and finally be able to start wearing uh, kind of more like fall winter clothes. So I'm really, really excited. I just updated my Macy's landing page to, uh, you know, emulate that. Some of the outfits I'll be wearing in Paris, you can find me in some baggy denim pants, loafers, Basically, I'm packing four pairs of shoes. We have loafers. We have knee-high black boots that will go with everything. I have a pair of Mary Jane heels and a pair of sneakers. So if you want some inspiration for what I'm wearing in Paris, you can check out my landing page at Macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. Next one, and I'm going to get through these pretty fast because I want this episode to be under an hour. You can be grateful for where you're at in your life while still feeling unfulfilled or lost. In the past year, oh my God, I have felt so lost. I felt so lonely sometimes, but I have been so incredibly grateful and blessed with the opportunities that I've been given in the past year. And the thing is that you can feel both. It doesn't need to be one or the other. You don't need to feel lost and be completely like pissed off with what you have in your life. Like that's not, that's not one or the other. So In my last episode, if you want me to elaborate on it a little bit, you can listen to that, my last solo episode. Trying to impress others is an endless battle. Mm -hmm. No, because you're just never going to fully impress everyone because even if you're impressing one person or like a large collective of people, there's still going to be people that you will, doesn't matter what you do. Literally, you could be the greatest person on earth. You could have the best heart in the world and it doesn't matter what you do, they are they will never be impressed by you. And if you live your life trying to impress those people, trying to win their approval, you're just, you're never going to impress yourself. And I think that is one thing I've learned because I've spent a lot of my time and energy doing that in the past year. I'm not fucking doing it anymore, okay? I'm not doing it. So yeah, stop. Stop it if you're like me. 22, I like this one. Acne does not make you unlovable. Aw, I have been struggling with acne for as long as I can remember. And before you message me and you try to give me advice on what I should do, like just acne is such a personal struggle. And um, unless you've had like the feeling of insecurity from acne, you just, you never really understand the feeling of just talking to someone and feeling like they're looking at your face and not looking at you and like they're looking at what you have on you whatever and for so long I felt like I was not worthy of Connor I felt like I wasn't pretty enough I wasn't good enough for him because I had this fatal flaw on my face I had these breakouts and I thought that he would find me unattractive I thought it would make me unlovable and that is just not true and in the past year I have learned that to be true because He has shown me the exact same amount of love, the exact same amount of compassion for me when I'm wearing makeup and when I'm not wearing makeup, when I have acne and when I don't have acne. And anyone that is allowing acne to get in the way of how you view yourself, like just know that I, oh my God, I I relate to that so much and you are lovable and, and it should never be a reason why someone can't be in a relationship with you or doesn't like you or whatever and if that is a reason then that is absolutely not your person because that should never ever ever be an excuse for why you cannot be loved by someone number 23 
get off your phone. Put it away. Get off your damn phone and be present when you're with people. This year, I mean, there's a lot of distractions in life, whether you're on social media or not. I mean, we're constantly like, sometimes it's a little awkward almost to be fully present with someone to not have any distractions. Like if someone's talking to you and you're looking them directly in the eye, it can be kind of awkward. I'm not gonna lie. And oftentimes we got to look at our phone as a sort of comfort, which is an interesting, you know, concept in itself. But I've realized like we don't have a lot of time in our, in our busy lives and our busy days. Um, so when you are with people that you care about, like you owe them the attention and you owe it to yourself to fully be present with them. So put it away. I don't even want to know what my screen time is. Like truly every time I get a screen time notification, I'm like, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. It's the same as my be real notification. When I get it, I'm just like, "Mm -mm, no, I was obsessed with be real for like three days. Um, that's the most I've ever posted in a row. And then now I'm just like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but yeah, same feeling that I get when I get the screen time and we have two more. Let's see. Okay. Um, everyone has a different timeline and the sooner you stop comparing yours to other people, the happier you will be. It doesn't matter whether it's a timeline with someone's work, them getting promoted, them starting a business, um, them moving, moving into a new apartment, a new house, whatever it may be, or getting into a relationship, getting engaged, getting married, uh, getting a dog. I mean, there are so many different things that we compare our, our lives to with other people, our peers, our friends, people we follow on social media, our family. And if you're constantly measuring the success of your life to other people's lives, you're never, ever, ever going to be happy with your own. And so Like I also do think that having friends at different stages of lives also as well helps you view life as a more like, um, oh my God, what's the word? Like not wheelhouse. That's totally not what I mean to say, but you know what I mean? Like having people at different areas of life is so powerful because they give you advice and help you realize like you don't need to rush certain things just because other people have it. Like you can be happy with where you're at. And the very last one, which is what I talked about at the very beginning, is that you should not wait for the weekend or a holiday or a specific time in your life to celebrate your life, to celebrate your successes, to celebrate where you're at and to have fun and just like let loose. Like there should never be a timeline of when that day has to come because you can create that any day, but only if you allow yourself to and yeah. My 25th year is the year of celebrating me. (laughs) Every day should be a celebration of me. Gosh, you know, it's like those people that they celebrate their month for, or they celebrate their birthday for an entire week or like the crazy people that celebrate it for a month. And think again, I'm celebrating mine for 365 days. But I hope you guys enjoyed some of the lessons that I learned as a freshly 25 year old. And happy birthday to my Libras out there. I'm thinking about you guys this birthday season. And it's crazy to think that in about a month, like it's going to be holiday season again. Like how did did we do this? How did we already take an entire leap around the year again, a leap around the planet, whatever the specific way of saying that is. Anyways, that's all for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. I will talk to you next Tuesday with a very exciting guest, Courtney Shields. She's one of my friends in Austin and it's actually going to be her birthday on the day that we record. She's turning 35. So um, if you're interested hearing her advice and some of the things that she's learned from my age to 
10 years later, all of her wisdom and her big sister advice. Tune in next week because it's a great episode. All right, that's all. Bye.